Hi guys, I don't normally run ads on this show, but this is the family business, luggagewarehouse.co.za. My dad, my brother, my stepbrother, my uncle have all worked for Luggage Warehouse directly, and I've done freelance brand strategy for them for years now. So it supports the whole family. It supports this show indirectly. So if you're looking for luggage, accessories, uh, handbags, and fashion stuff, even you can go to luggagewarehouse.co.za. And there are two products that I want to pull out for you here. Number one being Builderset, which allows you to create your own combination of large, small, medium, check-in, hand luggage, all that stuff. And it gives you a discount for each additional bag you buy up to a certain limit, I think. But you can get great discounts on big collections of big luggage. So if you're thinking of immigrating, it's the perfect way to kind of gear up for that. And the second thing I want to pull out is Luggage Glove, which is a protective sleeve that my dad invented. My brother has kind of perfected over the years. It's a thick 3D fabric mesh sleeve that pulls over your um, over your luggage and then locks closed. It's got a TSA lock. It's got holes for the handles, so it's quite convenient. It's not like single-use plastic wraps because you don't have to cut open a hole in the plastic to use the handle you can take it off easily it's got a combination lock and it's much more sustainable because you're not just murdering turtles with single-use plastic Uh, but it makes the bag much more difficult to get into and it protects it from bumps and scrapes and if you are emigrating then those are two important things because you might be carrying actual valuables in your check-in luggage and because they're going to be heavy and you might be going a long distance they can pick up some major damage so luggage gloves uh, do a great job of protecting your luggage in the long term That's it for my pitch, luggagewarehouse.co.za. There's a link in the show notes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to South African Expats, the podcast for immigration curious South Africans. I've decided to keep that line because writing a new one seemed like a bit of a mission. Uh, This is the podcast for people who are just thinking about their options, looking around the world and seeing where they could move to, where they could live, where they might like. We've covered a few countries recently, including the UK, New Zealand, Australia, uh, Colorado, which is a state, not a country. And now we are turning our attention to to Sweden, where uh, Seb, uh, well, Sebastian, I don't think we're quite on that uh, <laughs> level of relationship yet. Uh, Sebastian and Alexandra have uh, been living for about to be three years. Um, so welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank you so much for Cheers. having us. Yeah, and please call me Alex. <laughs> yeah, you can totally call me Seb. Okay, cool. Now we're down to Seb. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys both obviously come from South Africa and where did you where did you grow up? Yeah, so we both uh, we both grew up in Joburg. I think Alex, you've got a more interesting story than I have. I was born in Peter Maritzburg, but I moved to Joburg at a relatively young age. So yeah, yeah. we're both Joburgers through and through, I would say. Yeah. So where did you move to and how long have you been there now? Did I take it? Yeah, you can go. For it. It's hard to decide who should answer which question, but I'll take this one. So we've been living in Sweden for just under three years. We moved here in late August 2018 and we came here after almost three years in Germany. We were living in Frankfurt. Yeah, we moved over together for a job and then did that for a while, needed a change, contemplated moving back to South Africa, but then an opportunity at a giant furniture, Swedish furniture retailer that you might know <laughs> came knocking at our door. Just so everyone yeah, close I got a job. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we moved over for that. And I was the one working at IKEA for a while. And then Seb, about a year later, after some freelancing, got a job there too. So now we're firmly planted IKEA family. How did you actually end up leaving South Africa? Your first step was to Germany. How did that happen? 
Yeah, so Alex and I met each other um, at a, uh, an agency when we were quite young. Um, and uh, one of our bosses moved, decided to move overseas. And uh, a few months later, she called us up and said, hey, would you like to apply um, to this role that she had? Um, and we ended up getting the job. Um, there's a lot in between that. Uh, it wasn't a very simple move. Um, there was a many like little little steps that we had to make, um, but it took the whole process probably took about eight months or so. Yeah, all in, I'd say. Yeah, all in eight months um, from from South Africa moving to Germany. Right. Although, you know, we're going to focus primarily on Sweden here, your first move is the interesting bit when it comes to the visa process, I'm guessing. So were you sponsored? I mean, did the job basically sponsor you a work visa or did you have some kind of ancestral passport? Both of us were very fortunate to um, have, or we didn't actually have them at that stage and that was what caused the delays, but we were both eligible for EU passports. This particular job relied on us having them, but we had met colleagues later on who didn't they were from the US and whatever, and the company sponsored visas. So I would say it's definitely possible to to make a move like we did if you don't have an EU passport. And yeah, they sort of, we needed to get our paperwork in check, but they kind of covered the rest. So we had a reloca- relocation budget from them. We had assistance on the other side. So yeah, Amazing. as smoothly as it could have been, it was. But of course, there's always some unexpected surprises along the way. I have a related story in that I moved to Barcelona for seven months to work um, at DDB Spain and they sponsored that visa. I've got a South African passport. So they took care of kind of everything I had to do. A lot of, I had to go to Madrid a couple of times and sign a bunch of stuff. And there was, you know, there was bureaucracy to be done, but by and large, the company made the case that they needed me for special skills and they got me over there and I was always living there before before I decided to come back. Um, so yeah, it is possible without the ancestral passport. So don't lose hope. <laughs> For sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we we met some South Africans over there who yeah didn't have an EU passport. So and in Sweden as well, there's strangely a couple of us here too. <laughs> We're everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You guys ended up in Frankfurt at first, uh, which was obviously due to the job. But how did you how did you like that? Oh, so uh, Frankfurt was quite fun. I think, like you mentioned earlier, we um, we also got a, a chance to fly out to Frankfurt for a, like a, a look and see trip, I guess, mm-hmm. just yeah. to, to see what the, the city offered. Um, I'd never been to Europe other than oh wow this that we we went for this sort of look and see trip, which was I think three days, right? Yeah, it was. I think it was three days. Yeah, we flew on the, the the Thursday, and then I think we got the Friday, and we flew back on the Sunday, the Sunday evening. Um, but it was it was quite yeah. It was I'd I'd only gone to Europe once before myself, so also like completely different um, to anything I'd ever experienced. Um, yeah, first time interacting with like German culture. Um, but yeah, that that trip was quite interesting for both of us. Um, I don't think there was ever like doubt that we would go i think we really enjoyed that first little taste of german germanness yeah but germany itself once we were there i think was we didn't have much expect i think for both moves that we've made we didn't have a lot of expectations going there and i think maybe that was helpful because we kind of arrived there just you know for the thrill of the adventure i suppose and we're kind of open to whatever life threw our way but yeah german life was tough in some ways, really good in others. I think it was a really nice uh, door to travel opportunities. Mm. Frankfurt is really, really central. It's like one of the most um, 
well-connected airports. So we were able to really get a lot of traveling in those first few years. Um, and yeah, I think Frankfurt was quite an international city. So it was a softer landing than I think maybe some other places in, in Germany. Um, but even so, and this is one of the things that we sort of struggled with, was that it is still very, very German. Um, and I think you do need to learn the language. Um, there is definitely a sort of cultural shock when you get there that that we eventually sort of, you know, got comfortable with. But mm. it was challenging in some ways. And yeah, but it was good to us. I think we, we owe a lot to those first years in Germany. But yeah. Right. Uh, how old were you when you first moved? I was 23. And I was 25. Okay. So it's yeah. interesting that I think it sounds like you guys moved from a space of, of the sense of adventure and positivity and let's go try this out and how cool would this be as opposed to any kind of issue that you had living in South Africa. Exactly. Yeah. For us, it was just a sort of opportunity that presented itself to us. And yeah, we're very lucky that it kind of came when it did and it just felt like it felt right at the time. Yeah. I think we both sort of always wanted the opportunity to um, to move overseas to 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 give it a try, or at least to experience something different. Um, and at the time, it was just right. I think it might have been quite a lot different if we had maybe settled down a bit more in South Africa. Mm. Um, at the time, we were both, I think, we were both living at home still, um, and uh, it, it it was yeah just everything sort of fell into if we didn't take it we we might never have the opportunity again so yeah absolutely we were were happy in Joburg I think we had yeah exactly we were super happy in Joburg um we even said we even said that when we moved when we were going to move overseas uh, that we were like oh you know we'll probably just be gone for like two years and then we'll definitely be back right Um, and even now having now it's now approaching six years being away from from SA and uh, every time we go back, we go, man, maybe we do just move back, or like, mm. or we go like, oh, I wonder what where we would be now in our lives if we had stayed in South Africa. It's, I think there's still a lot, like, sort of tugging at our heartstrings as to reasons to go back. Yeah, you do have those sliding door moments where you kind of, what if I had never gotten that email, or what if I hadn't taken that flight, you know? Yeah. And you think about where you'd be now. Yeah. Exactly. Did your family and friends support the move? Yes, I would say that they did. I I can only speak for myself. Uh, I think my my m- mindset was that we weren't going to be gone for that long. So I think I was sort of I sort of presented it in that way to my right, family. I was right. like, you know, it's just going to be like my year or two of freedom. And I remember my mom crying on the way to the airport, and I was like, oh, mom, it's fine. Like, I'm going to be back before you know it. And yeah, now I feel a little bit bad because maybe she. She knew in her heart, but um, yeah, I think they've they've always wanted us to do what what we want to do and what feels right to us. And yeah, this felt like an opportunity we we couldn't miss. But it is still hard for them. It's hard for us. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest things of being away is not being with your family and missing those kinds of everyday moments. But yeah. Did you guys get back before pandemic? Did you would you pop back for visits and Christmas at all, something like that? Yeah. So um Yeah, we try to. At least like once a year we we try to go back to SA. Um not 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 every year, but just about sometimes we would go twice a year and then we'd miss a year. Um mm-hmm. in Germany we were really lucky because part of our relocation package was one trip home every wow. every year. 
Yeah. That's amazing. And I, yeah. And I, I want to be yeah. vocal about these things because I think a lot of people don't know what they can ask, ask for. for. Yeah. Or what's um, you're absolutely right. I didn't get a relocation budget because I never asked for it. And then when I got there, another South African who was working there told me like, oh no, they paid me to move and yeah. stuff yeah. and everything. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously I think you have to look at the the context. I mean, if you are really are quite a you know, a skill that's in short supply in that place and they really need you, obviously you've got more on your side mm. for that argument. But um, yeah, you can definitely ask for things like that. And I mean, it also comes down to where, where you're working. Uh, maybe smaller niche um, companies might not be able to afford it, but there's always that like wiggle room. What what can you, you I'm sure you can negotiate to find something. Yeah. Um, with larger corporates, I think sometimes there's quite a standard uh relocation package and that could mm. include uh, flights there could uh, include like a container for example to move your your positions overseas it could also be um, paying for some of your rent or your um, your deposit on a rental sure yeah um, what else could it include it can even include uh, moving back if it's a fixed term That's contract true. so yeah. if they are bringing you over for a certain amount of time you I've heard of people who've been yeah paid for to move back um but yeah one of i think every company is different and every situation is different so for anyone who goes down this route my biggest advice would be to get it all in writing as to what your relocation budget does and doesn't include because mm. sometimes they'll agree to certain things verbally but then you know when you actually make the the claims then it's like oh no we don't actually cover these sorts of expenses so just really be as specific as you can before moving about what things are and aren't included. Mm -hmm. I would, yeah. Yeah. Right. For example, right. one, one condition for us was that if we had moved back within two years, we'd have to pay everything back for, from yeah. our relocation budget. I think that's also fair enough. You know, companies putting themselves out, investing in you. When people talk about the UK and I've done a couple of interviews, the number one problem is always the weather and how much it rains and how miserable it is and all that kind of thing. I don't really know what the prevailing weather is like in Germany. Is it uh, similar to the UK? Is it more sunshine? Would you say it affected your quality of life? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's pretty similar to the UK in terms of amount of rain. Yeah, winters especially are just bleak. Like you, you just don't see sun for weeks at a time, which is not easy but um summers are lovely i would say and spring is really beautiful autumn is really beautiful summer i would say is extremely hot um and humid and that that i wasn't prepared for like yeah. people were like you know germany germany gets really really hot in summer and i was like oh please you know <laughs> yeah um it really does it i think really the summers hot. we were there it was like 37 you were there in freelancing and it was like 39 40 degrees yeah they're having like some of the hottest weather on record um and uh, I think it's quite interesting because you can't actually escape the heat. I think in a way, South Africa is built around like moving from building to building or from your car to like an air-conditioned mall. And I don't, mm. I don't no, think they're... It's not quite the Yeah, Europe's not the same. You know, streets are on, uh, like malls are kind of shops down the street. Uh, so you're sure. walking in hot, the hot heat down the street. Um, yeah, it's quite difficult to escape the heat. Buildings are these like super well-insulated yeah yeah designed to keep the hot air in <laughs> yeah so that i wasn't really not prepared for um the, the heat and the humidity but um yeah i think the climate generally moving from south africa to to northern europe is 
definitely something you need to get your head around and prepare yourself for. And there is nothing really you can do to prepare yourself for it because you'll mm. only understand it once you are there. But, right. Yeah. Was that exacerbated by moving to Sweden or was is the weather better in Sweden? I think it yeah, d- very much depends on where in the country you are. But overall, I would say Sweden is colder in winter, but in a good way because Frankfurt was that sort of hovering just That's below true. zero, yeah. but really windy and really gray. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can go like minus 15, minus 20 sometimes, but it'll be really crisp and blue skies and that's really yeah. lovely. Um, summertime, I would say, is a lot milder than Germany and South Africa. I think the number of days over 25 degrees are few and far between and you really enjoy them when you have them. Um, but it, it's really beautiful. And I think, um, yeah, even if it's not hot weather, you you learn to appreciate good weather, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get the impression that we're very spoiled here. And when people, when South Africans move to the UK and the sun comes up, they all just throw off their clothes and run out into the sun. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Anything really above 12 degrees is t-shirt weather. T-shirt weather. <laughs> um, okay, let's go on to adjusting to your new life. So the question is, has your new home met your expectations? You said you didn't really have expectations, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about the similarities and differences between uh, Germany and Sweden. I think for both, we didn't have much of an expectation, as we said, but I think we came here for adventure and a good time. And I think it's definitely delivered both of those. Um, Our lives here have definitely by no means been perfect and there've definitely been some tough times, but I think, yeah, it's been what we, what we wanted it to be. Um, Yeah. Germany and Sweden are both similar and different in a lot of ways. I think in terms of similarities, they're both very stable countries safe, well-governed, with generally good economies and high standard of living. Um, Taxes and social contributions are really, really high in both countries, um, but we don't really mind because you get a lot for it. So there's good infrastructure, um, a lot of good healthcare, good education if you're studying, parental benefits, sick leave, pension, all that stuff. So I'd almost say that in Germany it was slightly better in terms of taxes because you can get Better, you get a better tax, you get better tax breaks in Germany, whereas you get fewer tax breaks in Sweden, generally speaking. Climate, yeah, we've just spoken about that briefly. It really depends where in both uh, countries you are, and of course, Sweden is a really long country extending sure. far north. So where we are in the south definitely doesn't, you know, count for the whole represent country, the whole but, country. Yeah, but they're both in northern Europe, so I think don't come here <laughs> expecting Mediterranean sunshine for sure. Yeah. In terms of differences, I think uh, language is a key difference. I think the level of English in Sweden is a lot higher. You can really, really get by here super easily. Um, people do speak English in Germany, but not everywhere. I think we we did need to have some basic level of Germany German to get by with sort of day to day tasks. Yeah, and from day one as well. And from day one, because you sort of need to do those um, bureaucracy tasks. Once you arrive, you need to go register. You need to go all right. Fine, yeah. You need to engage with all of that from from the first day, and you it's a bit German, much. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit much for you to deal with. In three years, how would you rate your German proficiency and your Swedish proficiency? My German was a lot better at this stage than. Yeah, well, I mean, because you're obviously allowed to speak, you can speak English in Sweden. It kind of disincentivizes learning Swedish, I guess. Yeah, it's really bad. Don't don't learn from us, kids. Um, I think 
German. I was sort of comfortable at a sort of basic conversational level just before we left. Mm-hmm. And Swedish, yeah, I can read pretty well, but the speaking hasn't quite quite got there. Hasn't quite got there yeah. yet. I think just because day to day you're surrounded by more German, it was quite easy just because every, everywhere you'd go, you'd go to like a, a cafe, you'd order in German. Whereas I think in Sweden, you can get by with just speaking, speaking English. Yeah. Um, I just realized that we haven't actually mentioned where in Sweden we are. We're in the countryside in southern Sweden, about an hour and a half outside of Malmö, in a close to a town called Elmholt, which is where IKEA was founded. But um, yeah, so being in the countryside also doesn't help mm-hmm. being, you know, becoming proficient because you're not exposed to that many people. Right. It's quite um, interesting. My I've got a friend who works for the Lego Group in in the the town where lego was born and all that and is the whole town around you all working for ikea a lot of people are i just mean about, i wouldn't say yeah. only there are some other industries but I, I would say a good majority of the people have some connection or are living with someone or related to someone who and especially expats as soon as you find someone that isn't necessarily swedish they're more than likely yeah for sure. very likely employed by ikea Sorry, I interrupted you. I think you were... What's some of the other differences? Oh, yes. Another difference, I would say, is proximity to nature. Um, Germany, Sweden are very different in terms of population. Like, Germany was 80 million. So, I don't know, we always felt like accessing nature or getting out of the city was really tough. Like, you leave the city and then you're in just kind of endless suburbia. I don't know, it just felt like you could never really get away. Um, Whereas Sweden is only 10 million people over quite a lot larger landmass. So even here in the South, which is the most densely populated area, you definitely feel like you can access wild spaces. There's a lot of nature. Mm. And um, there's a Swedish law called the Allemansrätten, which means every man's right. And basically that means that you are free to roam wherever you want, even on privately owned land, with some exceptions like staying away from private residences and stuff. But yeah, there's definitely a culture of being out in nature, exploring, awesome, enjoying the seasons. Yeah, you guys into that? Very much so. I definitely wasn't an outdoorsy kind of girl, but yeah, I mean, we live in the countryside, so there's not a hell of a lot going on in terms of you know cultural um, activities. So yeah, you just kind of embrace it for what that is: um, mm. walking, cycling, paddling all that kind of stuff. Digitalization. Germany is still, or was still when we lived there, really old school in a lot of ways, Um, especially with bureaucracy and banking and stuff. A lot of stuff still happens with, you know, paperwork. You have to go there in person. Uh, Applying for a credit card, you have to go in person, fill out a stack of real papers. And then we're like, okay, do we get our card now? And they were like, no, we will post it to you in a few days. Uh, So it arrives by post a few days later, but you still can't use it then because then they send your pin in a separate mail, like a few days after that. (laughs) Um, And then the apps were terrible. Like if you sent money between your own accounts, it would take like a day to reflect. It was just really, really painful. Um, But Sweden, I would say, is a lot more digitally digitally native or digitally forward yeah and i think it shows to show like that was the that was the thing like germany relied on having a a p.o box like a a physical address where they could post something whereas in sweden it's more around your 
your identity number and everything is around your digital identity number. Right. I think overall, Germans can be perceived as quite direct, not all of them, of mm -hmm. course, whereas Swedes are known for being, I would say, quite non-confrontational and democratic and everything needs to be sort of decided as a group. Um, mm -hmm. So both have their pros and cons. I think Germans sort of like, you know where you stand and you can get things done, whereas in Sweden, it's very gentle, but sometimes you just wish that people would be a bit more assertive and say what they mean and yeah sure sure make a decision so what are the uh, the best things about your new home in sweden um yeah there's quite a lot um there's so many things that we we love about our, our our new home i guess some of the things is being closer to nature um we live we live almost sur completely surrounded by forest um and we get to see the change in that throughout the year so the seasons are quite distinct mm -hmm. um and in South Africa, I don't think you you always see that. Well, down here in Cape Town, we've got drought season and load shedding season. So, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think generally having a sort of dependable government with a strong welfare system is something that we really appreciate. We actually haven't really made use of it yet since we are healthy, young, mm -hmm. childless citizens. But it's really nice to know that um, if we were to fall sick, if we were to have kids, if we wanted to study, um, that you are very supported in that way and that the system actually works. So for us, that was a really big reason of why we were yeah, interested in coming here in the first place. Another thing that I really like about it here is that there's a much more sense of equality. Um, obviously, it's not perfect, but in comparison to South Africa, you generally have the feeling like everyone's kind of on the same level. I would say wealth here is a little bit more modest i don't know people don't show off wealth in the same way in sweden mm -hmm. as they do in south africa mm -hmm. and yeah that's just i think that appeals to us and i think another thing that's really nice is if sustainable living is your thing i think sweden is one of the best countries in the world to be um there's really amazing infrastructure for electric cars like pretty much every uh, shopping center has um charging points in the parking lots um when you choose your electricity provider, which was also amazing for us. We're like, what? Yeah. There's not only one properly that you can choose from. <laughs> um, yeah, you can choose uh, completely rene renewable energy sources and it's not you know, a ton more expensive than the other ones. Um, there's lots of vegan or organic food options and restaurants. So yeah, you just, you do get the sense of people being a bit more, I don't know, conscious, conscious of things mm. and, you know, recycling all of mm. that. Um, Cinnamon buns is a great reason to move to Sweden, for sure. <laughs> the baked goods out here are good. <laughs> and yeah, I think just nice people um, who generally want to help you. I think the Englishness definitely helps. I think Sweden is the, the fourth most English proficient country in the world. And yeah. In, in non-English speaking countries, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, they exactly. might be better than America and the UK at speaking English at this point. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, that's no reason to not learn Swedish, but it, it definitely does help you and makes you feel a little less alien when you first get here. And yeah, saunas are great. Saunas are a great thing that we, we never... Yeah, we never did them right. Now that we've moved, we've learned how to do saunas. Indeed. Though this is also hotly debated in Sweden because they believe that... Uh, Every Nordic country believes that they do sauna right. Um, 
what is the Swedish uh, philosophy? What's your philosophy? I'm also a big fan, but I know I do it wrong. So um, this is what we've been taught and what we've learned. Uh, so uh, saunas in Sweden is uh, the door is completely closed from the from the top all the way down to the floor, mm-hmm. uh, which is maybe different from Finnish sauna, where the door is has got like the lower third is open so that the room can actually vent and breathe. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard that Finns are renowned as the the sauna. The sauna yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, so Finns uh, take birch branches into the sauna. And they sort of like whip themselves with birch leaves to get sort of like essential oils going. It's, right. They take it really, really seriously. We actually were lucky enough to, to go to a sauna a with them. With, <laughs> it was quite an experience. But, uh, and and they really wanted the, the sauna like pumping hot. Yeah, they, they don't It was like around. close to 100 degrees in there. Um, we past, I would say. Oof, yeah. it, was, it was hot. <laughs> it was toasty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But definitely a plus. <laughs> right, no, absolutely. Access to sauna is incredible. What, what are some of the things you don't like about Sweden? For me, what was hardest was the darkness. And I yeah. think that's something you really just need to be prepared for if this is where you want to move. We live in, in the far south and in the depths of winter, the sun will come up at like 8.39 and it disappears again at like 3, 3.30, somewhere around there. Yeah. In Stockholm, I think. Yeah, it sets just after lunchtime <laughs> almost. So that's really, really rough. Um, and it definitely does get to you after a few months. But at the same time, the Scandinavians are very good at making things cozy. They like they're really good at the like they call it hygge in in right. Danish, which I'm sure you've heard because it's a buzzword everywhere. You know, hot drinks and candles. baked goods and candles and soft lights and mm. yeah, they make it cozy. So right, it helps. Maybe another negative. Well, it's not. It's the Nordic food. Um, they've got. I don't know, some very interesting things on the menu that are quite uh, <laughs> traditional. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I yeah. haven't been able to quite explore them all. Uh, I think Alex has got a bit of uh, a better oh, experience for them. Not right? really. I mean, I think when we came from German, Germany, I think Germany has much more of a sort of traditional food culture. Like every town has its own, you know, sausage and stuff like that. Sweden's not quite the same as far as I can see. But what was surprising to me was when we moved here, I thought that Sweden or Scandinavia was like, you know, the creme de la creme of Nordic cuisine. And yes, that's true, but that's mainly only in the bigger cities at the sort of Michelin star restaurants, I think. Generally, small town food is not very appealing, not that inspiring. A lot of anonymous sausage and (laughs) they love shrimp. Shrimp is like... Shrimp on everything. Shrimp, shrimp on, on everything. pizza, shrimp on pasta. Yeah, they have <laughs> terrible pizzas here where they put like kebab meat with shrimp and then chip and then fries and hollandaise. No, wow. bernese. Oh, bernese. Oh, bernese sauce. It, oh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's definitely one of the negatives. And then, yeah, I think maybe just sort of happeningness, I think. Sweden is definitely not the place to be if you're looking for, you know, like bustling really city culture. Bustling city culture. I think that, like Stockholm's nice and Malmo's nice and Gothenburg, but I would say they outside still, of that, maybe they still feel like when you're there, they still feel like quite small cities. I mean, I think Goth- uh, Stockholm is still less than a million people, mm. um, so they feel small. Um, you know. It, it's not the same feeling that you would have going to Spain or, you know, somewhere else where there's, or Berlin or London, where there's a lot more going on. But 
I mean, that's the the flip side of the coin. If you if that's not what you want, if you want a really calm life, close to nature, peace and tranquility, then I think there's few countries that could beat Sweden. Right. Okay. So, what do you miss about South Africa? Um, I think for me, it's been quite challenging moving away from friends and family. Um, I I miss my my family just about every day, and that's been quite. Uh, yeah, um, and I think like both of us have had you know pretty serious family losses and illnesses, and it's it's really hard being away. And the world is small now, but it's not that small. Like if something happens, you still it's going to be a while before you can get yeah. home, and that's that's really tough. I think right. And yeah, just something to <laughs> consider that yeah, yeah, you are far from home. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that I miss about like uh, South Africa as well, and it, and it came became quite true when we went back. Um, was it last time? I think we went back to South Africa. It's just like the crazy energy that South Africans have. Um, it's quite special and unique. Like you won't find that in sort of what we've experienced, at least in Europe, we haven't found an equivalent. Like there's just this um, sort of like hustle and uh, can-do attitude um, that is quite unique and and like sort of makes makes for defining South Africa, I guess. Oh, makes it a colorful place to live. Also makes it quite a stressful place yeah, to it's live. Like, but... Yeah, exactly. It's, that's the flip side. It makes it quite stressful to be in South Africa because everyone's out there like trying to hustle to get to get make it for themselves whereas i think that's maybe a little bit more laid back uh, in europe because everyone's a bit more i don't know comfortable safe that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. it did seem in in some of the interviews i've done it does feel like the the flip side to the i guess danger of living in south africa is creativity and hustle and energy mm. yeah yeah definitely. What what else do we miss from South Africa? The food, obviously. The food, yeah. I mean, it feels so cliche because a lot of these things, you know, everyone says it's. I mean, yeah, we just have such good food, and it's generally quite accessible. Yeah, our hospitality business or hospitality in South Africa is really, really like top notch. I think it's compared to yeah. other countries. Yeah, and of course the weather, we miss that. Um, the sort of landscapes, the variation of landscapes, like I don't know when you live in Germany or Sweden, like more or less the whole country kind of looks the same you know it's it's green quite flat i mean obviously it's there are um, exceptions to that but i really yeah. appreciate now how how varied and yeah diverse south africa is and yeah. wildlife too like we have so much nature and um, animals that you just yeah. don't have yeah people have like safari parks for for moose and it's like <laughs> really depressing yeah, we went to i went to a, a moose a moose safari and it was like i think there was like 15 of them and it was in like maybe i don't even know like five hectares yeah like five hectares and that was it and that was a safari and i was like okay it's not quite the same the big one yeah the big one exactly <laughs> um we have such like it's like dramatic landscapes um you know everything from like the coastal regions to, to stuff in the drakensberg to the things you can experience maybe out in the deserts like it's very very different um and even up north we have a bit of jungle as well you don't get to experience that in europe sure it's all like alex was saying kind of the same at least in sweden it's just a lot of lakes a lot of little trees and a few hills but mostly flat yeah right it's interesting because my um, perception of of Sweden is that it's much more mountainous, but I, I have learned uh, through my brother-in-law and through you guys that it's not as 
Norway's fjordy as uh, as I expected yeah. it to be. Um, I think that's actually one of the things is people um, hear Scandinavia and they kind of group Scandinavia together and we were definitely guilty of that, yeah, but they true. are yeah. all very different mm. countries. Like Norway, as you say, is very fjordy and mountainy. Culturally, they're all very different. The Danish language is completely different to to Swedish, for instance. And Denmark in general, I think, is a lot more continental than... They're mutually intelligible, their languages, at least, to some extent. To an extent. Yeah. Yeah, depends who you ask. Um, and yeah, Sweden is kind of... I think they, they think of Sweden as the sort of big brother. Um, a lot of the big corporations tend to come from Sweden, but sort of Denmark is known for the good design. So yeah, I think... Just bear in mind that they are very different countries with very different ways of living and terrains and culture and all of that stuff. Right. But yeah. Um, would you consider moving back to South Africa? And if so, what would have to change? Oh, absolutely. I think I think just about like every month we consider what would it be to like to move back to SA. I think we, we do miss it a lot, um, but we also have a lot here now going for us as we sort of building up a life for ourselves in Europe. Um, I guess it it might have to be like a really good job. I think that might be what would uh, sort of decide whether we would be able to move back because um, we would be able to be closer to uh, friends and family, um, but also keeping in mind that maybe some of our friends and family have also moved on since we've we've left. So things are also slightly different. Yeah, I think that is actually another really hard thing is like every time we go back, we realize that we're getting, you know, we're changing a lot. Mm. We're becoming more and more sort of European and things back home are moving. So I think it sort of becomes this, you know, you don't, you feel like time is ticking and that you kind of have to make a decision at some point because at some point we'll go back and maybe it's not going to be <laughs> what we remember it being. Mm. Um, but I think we both really love South Africa. I mean, we're not obviously oblivious to its problems and we know that I think that's the struggle is, you know, recognizing that you've got a, a higher quality of life here, but there are still things that you you miss, like family and. Mm. And as our parents sort of age as well, like they, they might not be able to, we might not be able to see them all that often because they might not be able to travel. So it means that if we choose to stay, we'd be traveling home a lot more to yeah. visit um, like aging parents or, uh, yeah, or it means moving back to South Africa so that we can be with um and look after the parents. Yeah, it's complicated. I, I, I would say for me personally, um, I would. It would need to be the right conditions. Um, right now, I have no plans. I think right now I've still got a few things I want to do here, but never say never. Sure. Okay. So uh, let's get into the the kind of quick fire round, as it were. So I just want you to rate your new home from one to 10 in the following quality of life categories. Okay. So number one is healthcare. I would say it's probably like a good seven or eight from what I've heard. It's a really good base level state funded, like, um, you know, medicines are subsidized, which I think is really great. Services are generally really accessible. If you ask a lot of our Amer American friends and colleagues, they all complain that they can't really get the very specialized treatments that they had in the States, like, you know, thorough dental cleanings mm. and acupuncture and stuff like that. That's not really covered here. But if you're looking for a generally good, dependable, state-funded healthcare system, then yeah, I think it's good. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> okay. Education. 
I don't feel like I'm informed enough to. Yeah, I also don't know if I'm informed enough. I feel like you guys pay a lot of taxes for stuff that you don't benefit from at all. Yeah, I, I think you're Having right. No kids <laughs> and no health problems and all that kind of thing. I think the free tertiary education makes it an yeah. eight, eight for Okay, me. yeah, that's that's big. Yeah, 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 amazing. And as well as just sort of mainstream education, they also, in every sort of district, they have what they call like the people's uh, adult school, I would say. And it's like courses that they run in your area, which are really fun and they're accessible to everyone and you can, you have to pay for them, but yeah. but they're not really expensive. expensive, but you can do things like, I don't know, out here you get beekeeping. I did woodworking. That woodworking. was quite fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like and this very country style, but uh, you can take Swedish and English, for example. Um, got mushroom, mushroom picking. Mushroom foraging. Like, yeah. Learning, learning, learning how to tell the difference between all the different types of mushrooms that you can. Okay. Yeah. That you can. Moose rodeo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so there's definitely a culture of, of learning. Yeah. Which I think is really nice. Yeah. So eight. Uh, work opportunity. This is interesting. So like, I think it's quite high in Sweden, even being uh, an expat. I would say you could get quite far. I think the limiting factor is actually language. I think we found in in Germany that like, unless you're working for an international corporate, English can only get you so far and you would need to right. uh, like take learning the language quite seriously and learn it to, to be professional in that language. Um, but I think you could get quite far in, in Sweden with South, with South African English <laughs> is what I was going to say. <laughs> um, they do love our, our accent though. That's, that is another plus. So I think, um, what, like eight or nine, it's really high. I would say work opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think we're lucky in Sweden to have quite a lot of international big companies as well. Like we've got Ikea, of course, Electrolux, got, Siemens, uh, Volvo, 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 yeah, Volvo, Spotify. True. Actually, we're very close right now to the, one of the Volvo factories. <laughs> yeah, um, Oatly. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of really strong international brands okay. come out of Sweden. So depending on what field you work in. Okay, so we've already covered weather. So let's talk about uh, social activity. I think this really depends on you and where you are. I think it's probably a lot easier in in the cities big cities yeah. where there's more clubs and stuff. But out here, we've been really, really lucky. I think it's an exception more than the rule, but there's a really nice, vibrant expat community here where we live. And we've been lucky to make a really good group of friends. That's been, I think, probably one of the best things that's come out of our move is the friends and the community we've made mm -hmm. here. But generally speaking, I think in the towns, it's it's tricky. Or smaller yeah, in towns. smaller towns. Um, but in the big cities, um, absolutely, I think you could find anything. Uh, yeah. like I have friends that go to like dance classes and all sorts of uh extracurricular activity yeah oh yes right badminton that was also quite fun <laughs> <laughs> um and then opportunity to travel i would almost say in sweden at least specifically where we live so we live in between stockholm and malmo which means that it's slightly tricky to get to a, a more international airport if you're looking at flying um, and that can be quite um Quite tough so we we usually have to take like a two-hour train to Copenhagen um, which is one of the nearer international airports um, so that that that's not great when we lived in Germany we were in Frankfurt and that was fantastic we were very close and very well connected to to the, most of Europe and actually most of the world um, as it was a very big airport and it was literally I think 20 minutes on train to get to the the, the airport 
Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's lower in Sweden, so maybe a, a six, but that's specifically because we were out in the countryside. And then when we were in a big city, it was, yeah, maybe even nine, ten. You obviously moved as, as young, relatively unattached people, which is makes it a lot easier. So you didn't have to be pets or anything else. But um, I guess the, the last section we're getting onto here is what advice would you give people considering moving to your new home? I think one thing that I would definitely consider when, before I moved is maybe trying to find a job before. I think that makes a lot of things a lot easier uh, yeah. when you move now, especially more than ever, now that a lot of people have been moved into this uh, online remote way of working, working yeah, yeah, remote working, I think you could find a job uh, quite a bit easier still while, while you're still in South Africa. And beyond that, you could even probably try looking for freelance work as well as a South African and you could still stay in South Africa and um, and get work from, from, from other countries. Yeah, I have a friend slash colleague who's been working with me and I think she's living the dream. She's living in South Africa, working for IKEA. So yeah, she's got a pretty sweet deal. That's yeah. oh, wow. So, oh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely if you can secure some kind of job, it'll make your life a lot easier. I mean, I listened to your other podcast with Alex from Valencia. And obviously, if you are self-employed and you can work wherever, then that's cool too. But I think... Yeah, yeah, he actually has a production company in South Africa and he's living in Spain. So he's doing it the wrong way around. But fortunately, <laughs> Spain is more affordable, I'd, I'd imagine, than Scandinavia. Yeah, definitely. This is not a, an, a cheap place. And actually, that's one of the things we should have covered in oh, the Oh, that's negatives. actually true, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's expensive here, especially um, food, I would say, and eating yeah. out and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, that actually leads into a question that I should have in there. I, I need to add to the list is, um, would you say that your relative buying power has increased? Yeah, I think overall we are better off financially than yeah, we would have been that's in true. South Africa. Yeah, I think something that, that it has afforded us is that we've been able to buy a house now in Sweden. That's that's due to maybe our jobs, but also because the, the actual property price is quite cheap in Sweden, surprisingly, um, at least in the countryside. Yeah, that is actually a really interesting point. Um, I think comparatively speaking to the rest of Europe, property here outside of like Stockholm, of course, which is ridiculously expensive, um, especially in the smaller towns, property can be really affordable. And the the sort of interest rates are ridiculously low, like 1%, 2%. 2 mm. max, I think. And people here take out their home loans for um, like 50 years. Yeah, that's interesting. They don't. So I think in South Africa, you usually take out your your, your home loan over a certain amount of time. So could, that could be 20, 25, 30 years. 20, yeah. Whereas um, over here, it's it, you actually, they work out the minimum rate that you would need to pay and you just pay that. So it could actually be over 40, 50 years yeah. that you pay off your house. It's, they basically see it as like renting, but with owning the place. So like they, they basically... Just before you die. Yeah. <laughs> At least your kids could go yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's been really nice, I think. And vacation days as well. That's oh, that's one thing true. we didn't yeah. mention. Like, I don't know what the sort of average is in South Africa, but when I left, I think I was on... 15. 15 days, yeah. 10 to, 10 to 15, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Germany, Terrible. minimum 25, and Sweden is 30. So you've got a, wow. you've got a good a month. time. Yeah, but you get more public holidays in South Africa. That's true. So... But <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot. We're having one on Monday. <laughs> but still, generally, I think you've got more time to, yeah, enjoy here. And yeah, people who have kids in Sweden, you you don't see them forever because they get so many 
days. I think Children you get days. something like yeah. 480 days per kid you have or something. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to have a kid, come to Sweden. But yeah. So I think another thing that I would recommend to anyone moving, and this isn't just for Sweden, I think it's for anywhere, is to just really put yourself out there um, socially, accept every single invitation you get, even if it's not something you'd usually be interested in, or maybe the crowd's not your cup of tea. But I think you never know who you might meet or where the connection might lead. Mm. And I think so much of the the positive experiences we've had in both Germany and South Africa, Germany and Sweden, um, have been through the people we've met. It hasn't actually been the country itself. Make friends. <laughs> yeah, we've got some great stories of like invitations that we accepted that just yeah, <laughs> ended up good or bad and yeah it's been fantastic it's been part of the ride and yeah. yeah i think also just be prepared for the fact that it can be a lonely ride as well like you're not going to get there and find your circle immediately it will take time um i'm very lucky that i had seb with me like we didn't do this alone but yeah just i think alex from valencia said this in his podcast and it was really true it's like manage your expectations um like know why you're moving to Sweden and and know that moving to another country isn't going to resolve every issue yeah. in your life. Um, even a country that's got a higher quality of life, you know, you still might have a really mm. rough time of it in other ways. So, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. I think that's often sometimes you think that you're going to get so much by moving, but you lose a lot as well. And that's sure. what you need to be prepared for. Yeah. You, yeah. You might gain, a nicer job but you might lose all all that you have in south africa your friends and family that you really have your your support network and would you say that you've now just about to go on three years have you settled in are you have you gotten through the rough patches or do you do you still get them quite a bit um i think we in like so actually because we have now two countries to compare to uh in in germany we found that just before we moved we had just found our pace and our rhythm and we were just sort of settling in um because at that point we were getting quite familiar with the language and things were just working out for us we also had a great like sort of had built up a nice community of friends and then we kind of left that behind in some ways we still keep in contact with a lot of our friends and in fact they've come to visit us in sweden sweden i think was a much smoother i think we felt quite at home here quite quite soon. early on exactly and i don't know if that was because we had already experienced a big move before or if it was that we weren't really like leaving friends and family behind because we were just moving yeah and i bit. think i think sweden generally is a an softer easier landing. <laughs> softer yeah a softer landing. landing yeah that's true um but i guess right. we've we found sweden to be quite um easy to to fall into place yeah um, and we were really lucky finding a really great Mit of, uh, of friends awesome well guys uh thank you so much for for that information for your your story and and uh and a quite a nice kind of encapsulated image of both germany and sweden or at least frankfurt i know that germany is a big country and, and sweden's obviously got a lot of range as well and we'll, we'll cover all of that in different interviews what's really nice to hear is that you guys moved from a place of positivity not a place of you know i couldn't deal with it anymore and i just had to get out which is great and you still consider moving back and yeah it seems that you moved for good reasons and and um and that you're making the most of it which is awesome we try <laughs> yeah we try to so you, you can do just Try and be open-minded, take every day as it comes and yeah, try and enjoy life, I guess. But yeah, we've always... It's been fantastic doing this interview because it's sort of like uh, brought up so many aspects of our move and why we moved and awesome. it's been great to reflect on them. 
So thank you very much. Cool, man. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, good luck for your for your three year anniversary. You should uh, try and get some of that really expensive cuisine that you uh, <laughs> that you can't quite afford. Perhaps. <laughs> yes. <Exactly. laughs> Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you so much. Bye bye. South African Expats is produced by Jonathan Vanka and brought to you by Ping Productions.